Philippians 3, 8 says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Today, Paul takes out the trash and it turns out the trash is him. This is day 12. Welcome to the Journey Through Philippians podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's word. Together, we'll discuss the context and meaning of each passage and how the book of Philippians can help us understand more about who God is and the story he's writing for each of us every day. Welcome back to the Journey Through Philippians podcast. I'm here, of course, with Brendan Lang and Melissa Payne. Hey. And we're joined by a special guest, the lead pastor of Willow Creek North Shore, Amy McCall. So excited to be back with you. Thank you for coming. Yay! Taking time. Super excited. Hey, question, Amy, what's your claim to fame? Well, so I've preached a little bit about this, <laughs> so it's kind of become something that people know about, but I was in a car accident a few years ago. It was kind of a bad one, so I was hit head on, and I had to go to the hospital to have an ultrasound, and while I was in there, she's doing oh, the yeah. ultrasound, the girl laying on the table, see, Brendan knows this story, uh-huh. I, yeah. but Melissa doesn't. I don't. And so she's doing the ultrasound, and she says, oh, no, which I'm like, oh, no, who says, oh, no, when you're <laughs> right. getting an ultrasound taken? And I was like, you. oh, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dying. And she says, you know what? You have an extra organ. You have two spleens. So I have been walking around with an extra organ. It was not an extra stomach, which would be preferable for sure. That would be be amazing. Well, like one for veggies and one for cupcakes. Uh, Is that that what a spleen do? I think they protect you when you're sick. So you have like double mm. I have I double down on my immunity. Oh, that's I mean, you aren't nice. sick very often. You're like sick yeah. about half the time that I am. Oh, or a tenth of the time that you are. Okay, wait. <laughs> wow. Okay, I don't know about this. I feel getting up on it. Everybody's pointing and laughing. Brendan, what about you? What's your claim to fame? Okay, so when I was five years old, I went to nationals for the invention convention. Did you guys do that? Yep, we invented no. things. No. Yeah. Are you serious? Tell yeah. me more. I was like, oh, I'm in. Wait, okay, is this so, like the robots? Like that well, kind of stuff? not that cool. But, okay. <laughs> you know, you come up like with That's what inventions. I did. So. <laughs> That's what you did? And so like I, like I always had really good ones, but when I was five, like it was the best. It was the spill no more. It was essentially a portable cup holder because I spilled a lot of food and drinks as I, as I <laughs> spilled oh, into this. I'm sorry. It just surprised me at all. I'm not surprised. That would Wait, I want to hear more about well, the portable no, it's cup like, holder. So on my, here, we're sitting at a table, uh-huh, right? I uh-huh. could take this block of wood with a hole in it and okay. just put my bottle. See, I just knocked over she my did. bottle right He there. actually did knock his bottle over everyone. <laughs> yeah. He actually did. And you put yeah. your bottle on it and there you yeah. go. You want to knock it over. It's a spill no more. There's like spill some no song more. like... There is an invention convention. Whoa. Do you know? I know I that know. song, but I don't know what it's Okay, from. I don't It's oh. not that. Those are not the words, but those are my words. All like I know is you invented a block of wood. <laughs> I, and anybody else could have done it, it, but I beat them to it. Patent that stuff. Oh, Patent man. It. Was that song from like the Magic School Bus yeah. or something? What is that? I've never heard it. Melissa, what about you? What's your claim to fame? I mean, I'm really known for like being very expressive in the way that like I make noises to the point where <laughs> okay let's hear it to please describe things like I'm just kind of like Meh, or you know like I just you remind me of that character on Parks and Rec oh stop it uh, John Ralphio's sister <laughs> what's her name Mona Lisa what's yeah that, what's do the thing okay she says money please yes oh man that's exactly what it is that's like your claim to fame uh, it's perfect so much that uh, you look like her too kind a of, little I mean, bit thank you I think that's good. I don't know but so much so that like kids that I have mentored like over the years have picked 
up on these mannerisms that I have. And so they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's like Melissa. It's because you're really cool. Maybe. Everybody's like following I don't know. But like that's maybe the most claim to fame that I have. I, like I don't. That's good. I don't have anything like I invented the spill no uh, more. Or an extra organ. Nobody can dreaming. say that they invented the spill yeah. no more except Brendan. <laughs> you still have plenty of years. I mean, put that in that. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. All I right. feel like I could do a claim to fame for each of you. Like Amy, oh, gosh. your oh, shoe no. game is on point. Like that Absolutely. is true. That is your claim to fame. Yes. And anytime you get on stage, it's like, oh man, okay. Preachers and <laughs> She's got to figure yeah. out. It's like a She's different type of preachers and sneakers. There you go. What would Brendan I do love my shoes. Brendan's? Yeah. I'm interested. Oh gosh! Oh, like, I wish you could see yeah, Brendan's face. <laughs> Brendan is just waiting. <laughs> Brendan is a representative of God's country. That's right. <laughs> and whether that's Iowa or the things that Represent. are inspired mm-hmm. by the word, you can take it both ways. There you go. He's definitely yeah. That's true. Melissa, you actually said what I was going to say. You're oh good. Famous, so that's okay. Great. Thanks. Well, Tyler, wait. What about yours? I know you've got to. Tell I don't us know. Yours. You guys can do mine. You can collectively figure mine out. I mean, I think you have such a strong sarcasm game, but it's actually sarcasm. I have with no love. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> sarcasm with love. <laughs> they all think you're sarcastic, but actually, you're just sweet and kind and loving underneath. Them. Don't tell. Anybody. Don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the secret. secret. <laughs> People have to really know me to know that. I know. Uh, don't do that. We're here to know and be known. Okay. Well. You well, first. I don't know <laughs> if people know, but your photography game is pretty strong. And I know you're very humble about mm-hmm. it, but I think that you're incredible at that. So I would say that would be a good claim to fame. And I would say Tyler is like... Oh, we're taking turns. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. every single one of us. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to be kind here. Oh, okay. oh this is nice. <laughs> no, what I love about Tyler is that he is like my personal... What's the word for... Concierge? Yes. Oh, servant. really? That I just is. said that. Servant, yeah. yeah prophetic <laughs> voice. Concierge is a good what word. I want, if I want good food, if I mm-hmm. want to know where to go, what to do, Tyler's my man. He's like our traveling concierge. Yep. Mm. That's great. Mm-hmm. I should make a business out of that. You could call you it Yelp should. if you wanted to. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. People can just Yelp at me. Yeah. I hope nobody's taking this idea. <laughs> Try it. See. Well, today, Paul has kind of laid out his claim to fame and then also said it doesn't matter. But to learn more about that, Brendan, do you want to take us through the commentary? Day 12, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. At the end of yesterday's reading, Paul provided his religious resume listing seven special qualities about himself. These were things that would have distinguished him in the Jewish community. He was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Paul's reason for providing his resume was to show that none of the Judaizers who presented a threat to the Philippian Christians could stand to benefit more than he from the works-based religion they promoted. Whatever attributes or achievements they claimed for themselves couldn't measure up to his. In today's reading, Paul continues this discussion, but we learn that Paul didn't provide his resume simply to boast. He provided his resume to show that he had learned just how worthless human works are in God's economy. He writes in verse 7, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Here, Paul talks about his achievements as though they are assets. What he discovered is that the things he previously thought were valuable are actually just the opposite. They are like sinking investments. By this, Paul doesn't mean that human works are intrinsically wrong and worthless. What he means is that when our attributes and achievements are viewed as assets that bring spiritual gain, they actually result in a net loss because they blind us to the one and only thing that can bring us true spiritual gain, Jesus Christ. Paul goes further. He writes in verse 8, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. 
Here Paul expands his argument. It's not just the qualities he listed in verses 5 and 6 that are losses. Everything is lost when compared to the supreme value of knowing Christ. Paul also extends his metaphor. Everything is not just loss. Everything is garbage. The Greek word translated here as garbage appears nowhere else in scripture, but outside the Bible it refers to human excrement or kitchen scraps, like what dogs eat. By using this vulgar and uncommon word, Paul is expressing in the strongest possible terms that anything in our lives that competes with or distracts us from Jesus should be regarded as waste and sent away. This message is just as relevant for us today. We live in a culture that puts incredible stock in our status and accomplishments. We treasure the things we do and the things we own. Paul's challenge is for us to know what has true worth and what is just waste. Nothing in this world can make us right before God but Christ, and nothing in this world compares to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Spending your time, thoughts, and energies on your relationship with Him is the most rewarding investment you will ever make. For day 12, we're reading Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Melissa, do you want to take us through our discussion questions for day 12? Question one, where does knowing Christ rank in the value system of your life? Do you feel like you know Christ? How could you get to know Him better? Second question. According to verse 10, one way we can know Christ more intimately is through participation in His sufferings. What do you think it means to participate in Jesus' sufferings? Why might this help us know Christ better? There's a lot of talk about garbage and rubbish. There's a little bit of talk about it, yeah. Why is he talking about garbage, Brendan? There's a lot of talk about loss, right? And he talks about rubbish a little bit. He says, whatever gains me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, or the NIV translates it here as garbage. But yeah, I mean, we talked about this yesterday, right? Paul listed all the things that were sort of achievements or accomplishments or things that, you know, could be attached to his namesake. He was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, mm-hmm. all these things that were contributing this argument that if anybody could have confidence in the flesh, it's him. And now he says, what I've learned in light of Christ is all that is lost because it actually blinds me from Christ. If I put my confidence in these sorts of things, then I'm missing Christ. And so he says, I need to think of these and treat them like rubbish or waste. It's something I got to throw away Mm -hmm. and put all my confidence in Christ. That seems fitting for your mobile cup holder. Why is that? (laughs) I'm just saying it. Where where is it now? It's in my basement. 
It sounds like a rubbish heap. Brendan just you pulled out. I'm going to pull it out when my kid is older. I've got it in my like oh. tell a story around it. But I mean, the truth. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't have it on a trophy case or something. But Paul wasn't. He didn't mean rubbish, like garbage that you push out to the street. Yeah, you, what does well, he mean, Brendan? Like, we know what the mean? word. What's the word? Well, it's a word that can mean human excrement. I think that's yes. more profound, yes. and it means all these things, and that's why they translate it as rubbish or garbage. But hmm. the common idea with all of them, it's waste that you throw away. Yeah. But it's used. It's only like, used once it, in the Bible, right? This is the only time. Yeah. So it's vulgar, especially if you think of it in terms of human waste. Manure right? or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Exactly. But it's something that you got to send away. And this is all stuff that we all like to hang on to, though. You know, mm-hmm. we like to hang on to our accomplishments, our achievements, and find our confidence in those. And Paul's saying, if you want to gain Christ, you actually have to get rid of that in a sense, because that's what's keeping you from Christ. Mm. And I would say even, you know, rubbish, if you look at it in the terms of the word excrement, yeah, right? Those are things we run from. We push away, we get rid of mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. And so he's actually saying, hey, this is not like just something you're going to push out and leave at the end of the driveway in the day and the garbage man's going to come and take it. Right. This is the thing that you need to destroy. Because if that's near you, guess what? It's going to kill you. Yeah. Well, when they mm-hmm. say like knew that well, like we were in Philippi, oh, there's yeah. like a whole latrine system that we <laughs> oh, saw. It's like nice, one of the most really? well-preserved things mm-hmm. that we saw yeah. were these like, Ancient toilets. Yep. Because they knew that they needed to keep it away. Yep. Yeah. But like, how do we do that realistically and not rely on things? Because we're living in this world. Mm Mm-hmm. As Christians, are we supposed to sell everything and go live in the mountains? I mean, it doesn't sound horrible to me, but how are we practically supposed to do that? And there may be people living in the mountains right now listening to this. That's true. They're offended. From everything. They're not yeah. offended. I'm coming to join you. Let me know where you are. <laughs> That's true. There's like this Christian term, in the world, but not of the world. That was said all the time when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. We would hear that. Like, you're supposed to live in the world, but not be of the world. And I was thinking about when Jesus was talking to God the night before he died, the night before his crucifixion, and he's talking about us. And he's like, they're hated because they're not of the world. Like, I'm not of the world. And I think we take that scripture and we think, well, that just means you can live in the world, but you better be really separate from it. But what was cool about that prayer was that was not like the sending part. He actually said, now send them out into the world like you sent me. So I don't think we're supposed to be hiding. We're supposed to be Mm. in it, living Mm -hmm. in it with people. It's just, where do these things hold place in our life? Like, we see that people fill their lives with things. They use it to make themselves feel better. We're supposed to be different than that. Yeah. we have Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think like it's probably because of those things, the tangible things, those are actually easy and visible goals we can go yeah. towards. Like that car mm-hmm. is awesome. Yep. And yep. I know that if I work hard, I can get that and mm-hmm. I get a tangible thing. Totally. Right. The other reality of it is once you strive for those things, mm-hmm. whether it's a degree that Paul has in pharisaical law or mm-hmm. whatever. Is that what it is? Uh, PhD in pharisaical? We'll, we'll, we'll call it that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think once he gets that, he's probably like, just like anything else. It's not what I had hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you have to kind of redo your priority system. And for people who haven't ever experienced this priority system, what is this about? What's the point of... I don't know, giving it up for Christ. It's a very churchy kind of yeah. term. I mean, I think it also has to do with like, we talked about this, I think some yesterday, but just your motives and your heart behind why you do the things you do or what you put first in your life or the priorities that you have. You know, I don't think it's bad to love your family and want that to be a very important thing in your life. But when it kind of comes before God or when it becomes an idol or those kind of things, then I think that's where it starts to be the things that we need to like push to the side or, you know. Yeah. Those things, Tyler, you were talking about too, it made me think, 
you know, they make us feel better about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the car we drive or the house mm-hmm. we live in or the degree that we have. And our ultimate value is supposed to be found in Jesus. I think for me, what I found over and over in my life, I was just talking to a friend about this, is like all these things that become too important to me. And it's really easy. Sometimes it's like my kids. Sometimes it's my shoes. Right. <laughs> God takes them away one mm-hmm. by one. And then I found that times when I've readjusted my priorities, he gives them back to me and they mm-hmm. just are different mm-hmm. then, you know? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes that's my reputation. Sometimes that's how I feel about myself, my self-esteem. But I go through periods where he takes those back as his own. And when he gives them back to me, I just don't care about them as much. Mm-hmm. They're still important, but they're yeah. just not the thing anymore. Right. right. And that's the real issue here. I don't think Paul has, he doesn't have anything against all the things he listed as his right. sort of claims to fame. And I don't think we should either. It's just that if they ever get in the way mm-hmm. of you depending depending on Jesus the way you're supposed to, then yeah, we need to treat them as waste because mm-hmm. that's what they are compared to Jesus. Right. But the truth is, I mean, there's not anything intrinsically wrong with these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. When you see it with the Judaizers, Judaizers, you see it with the dogs. <laughs> a word. Yeah, you see it with the dogs, the Judaizers, mm-hmm. whatever the example he's using is the bad example. These people have these sort of credentials, I guess, yeah. as they're mm-hmm. trying to claim it and gatekeep really yeah. salvation yeah, they say you need everybody. It. Right. Yep. And I mean, that's kind of the problem is they're in pursuit of power and influence, you know, and gatekeeping salvation mm-hmm. so that they can feel some sort of superiority. I think this still happens today. Why is that? Why is it that power is going to corrupt the way that people view salvation? And that truly gets in the way of spreading the gospel and what they're trying to achieve. Power makes people feel safe. And I think we want to put lines and boxes around our beliefs and who's allowed in and who's not allowed in because it makes it really understandable and clear Mm. to us. And the truth is there is a mystery to the gospel that we don't understand all the things. And so I kind of want to be known for being someone who lets people in and Mm -hmm. not keeps people out. It just feels safer Mm -hmm. to say, here's the rules and I'm going to follow them. Like, that's what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Not to say, like, the mystery of the gospel is this, and Jesus really does truly love and did die for everyone. It's much easier to be like, this is the line, and I've crossed over into it, because that means that there's a line that people aren't in it. It's almost Mm -hmm. like this club, and it's safe in that club. But the world doesn't work like that. Salvation doesn't work like that. Faith doesn't work like that. And we talked about yesterday, this idea that it's every day making a choice. But even that, it's kind of just a shaded gray area. Today, Mm -hmm. I'm a little more confident than yesterday. And the next day, you could have different questions that make you less confident that you still work through, and God is going to meet you in that, right? Mm -hmm. We were actually just talking about this at a Bible study last night that we had students walking through Philippians together and just talking about the fact that like when I was growing up, there was this idea of being in the world, but not of it. But it was almost so much to the point where we separated ourselves from the world. And I kind of was in this Christian bubble that was safe and that we did Bible studies together, but I never really learned how to be that in the world, like with people that were different from me, with people that needed Jesus. And so we were kind of talking as leaders, how do we teach that to students today that it's okay to be in some of those places where maybe Jesus is not being proclaimed and it's okay because Mm. he wants to use you 
in your mission field. He wants to use you where you are right now. And I struggled with that balance when I was a kid. So I grew up in a similar situation. Mm -hmm. My parents started a Christian school that I went to. Definitely, I get that. And what I think God's developed in my heart is this understanding that we thought that's where Jesus was and Jesus wasn't in all the other places. Mm -hmm. But the sort of twist in my reality is that Jesus was in all the other places. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, right. Like who was Jesus eating with, right? Who was Jesus spending time? with. I thought Jesus was inside the box with us and wasn't out with everybody Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was Jesus was out there the whole time. And even when you read scripture, Mm -hmm. that's where Jesus was with prostitutes, with tax collectors, and even with the people who ultimately would kill him. That's where he was. Mm -hmm. So that's where I should be. Yeah. You know, not in my little safe bubble, Mm -hmm. but out there where Jesus was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to step out, pardon the metaphor, out into the water, right? It's not a secure (laughs) footing. Right. Yeah. It's not something that is truly solid. It is this like ambiguous, tumultuous relationship where not only are you working with your own faith, everybody else is dealing with their own stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just a mix of confusing and yet inspiring thing because once you embrace that ambiguity of a faith walk, you realize that everybody else is doing the same thing and you can move towards that together. Mm -hmm. Tyler, I love that. I have been talking about this so much recently. I Mm -hmm. think this is something that's happened to me just as I've grown up and become more of an adult. I'm almost an adult now. Um, (laughs) Getting there. Is that it's okay to say you don't know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes power makes you think you have to know and have all the answers. And you'll be ready to give one too. Right. Mm -hmm. But the truth is power is really held and that unique special kind of leadership is where you're authentic and Mm -hmm. real. And you say, hey, you know what? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And when you parent like that and you're in a marriage like that, nobody has all the answers. We just don't have to pretend we do. And there's some beautiful freedom in that. Yeah. I think another thing where you were talking about being out on the water, it's not safe, you know? It's definitely not safe. And I think that we want to be in a place that is safe and comfortable and we know that we're protected. And God is calling us to step out into something that is not always safe. And I think that Paul did that as well. I think it's this balance of having a foot in the world and having a foot, you know, running towards, if you can do that with a foot, hop on one foot <laughs> yeah. Yeah. towards the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Having kingdom of yeah. heaven citizenship, just like mm-hmm. we've been talking, but also serving the world. We're rooted in the vine, yeah. right? Yeah. But fruit that feeds the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this idea that we have a firm foundation. We know where we belong. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're given light, the light of Jesus, so that we can light our own way into eternity. Mm-hmm. I actually think we're given the light of Jesus so we can turn back and find the people who are broken behind us, who are in the same place that we mm-hmm. were before. Yeah. It's, really it's just a perspective shift for me. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it frees you up from guilt of like, I know all these things about faith and I know all these things about about Jesus and how I'm supposed to be different. And yet, man, all my friends are here or the people who are lost are here and I can't associate with them. Mm-hmm. And if I do, I'm a bad person or I'm going to the bad place to quote Brendan's favorite TV show, The Good Place. <laughs> I almost watched that, Brendan. You almost I watched it? I read through the little synopsis on I read the Netflix. Force, then, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It is. It's fun. It felt too worldly to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it. Everybody's talking about The We're Good Place. We're just trying to be in it. <laughs> and if we like, can't talk about The Good Place, then people are not going to give us the time of day to build a relationship. That's right. And that's where where real life change happens. Thanks for joining us today for the Journey Through Philippians podcast. To check out even more resources like videos from Philippi, children and family resources, and eBooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org. And follow us on Instagram at willowcreeknS. 
Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag WillowJourney. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check out willowcreek.org. We'll see you tomorrow.